This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Iron. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Right, guys, welcome back to the Established the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Devin Regan, and we're back here to discuss everything that's happening in NFL free agency. We we didn't lie to people, Dylan. We said when it gets going, like it gets going, and uh, we've seen that uh, thus far. Lots of deals being made, uh, but what do you know? Our old friends are back uh, to put themselves in the spotlights. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl. But our friends in New England are back to steal the show in free agency. Like you said, it's quite it's quite the response from the Pats after, I mean, obviously missing the playoffs after such a great run of sustained success. And now Tom wins away from New England. And now suddenly all, all, this, all these years of the Patriots being – not the team that would really go out and sign like a top free agent for the top price unless it's someone they really felt uh, was going to help them. You think of, but you, even then, like the deals, like the Stephon Gilmore deal that end up working out pretty well and feel like great bargains. Now they brought in a lot of great players today, uh, but they are paying guys that, are, in a lot of cases, had career years um, and paying them at the top free agent price. Maybe it's a little reduced because of the cap being lower, but honestly, looking at the, the total the total value of most of these deals. It doesn't feel like <laughs> the cap went down. It feels like everyone's just going to keep pushing the money out with these void years that we kind of talked about in the last podcast. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, – obviously, for many years, Josh McDaniels did a great job uh, scheming things up for Gronk. I'm not saying Johnny Smith by any means is <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, but uh, I think that's a huge addition for them because we talked about them kind of as a team that maybe would be interested in Hunter Henry. Obviously, Matthew Judon helps them a lot. Uh, you know, going down the list, they bring in a couple of receivers in Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, which you, know, you can say what you want about those guys. But Aguilar had a pretty dang good year for the Raiders. Uh, Bourne, I'll be curious to see how he does outside of San Francisco. Still only 26 years old. I mean, yeah, they just they went after everyone. Uh, did not really just something that, you know, if you could ask me who's going to be the most aggressive team in free agency, I would have not guessed uh, the Pats. <laughs> Yeah, they have, uh, man, it's been something, hasn't it? And I guess, um, you know, just, I mean, looking at the, the different additions that they've had, like, it's going to have an impact. I mean, this is a mm-hmm. team, you know, Johnny Smith, I know I've seen Titans fans that were not happy to see him uh, go, you know, when you think about kind of his importance to that team. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the others, like, it's just, I don't know, like, it's fun to sort of think about what next season looks like for the Patriots. I don't know, like, it's, um, you know, we still got a long way to go in free agency, but 
it's at least intriguing to kind of think about where they could be slotted um, among these other teams. I don't I mean they're yeah. not the Chiefs yet, but you know they're 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 getting better, and um, that's that's always an intriguing aspect when it comes to uh, Belichick. So yeah, I, I still at the end of the day, I feel even though they bring back Cam, I feel like it's a you look at the the scale of the deal, it definitely feels more like a backup deal. I don't think for all the Patriots, a decent number of Patriot fans at least that saw that and were kind of freaking out. I don't think they're just going to be done there. Obviously, th- these do plug in some of the holes in the roster that, you know, be kind, of, kind of became evident last season beyond just who's under center. Like, even with Tom last year, it is. I do wonder what uh, we would have seen from the Pats or playoff team in my mind if that's the case, but I just don't know if they were had what it takes to go through the AFC with so many great teams there. Now, still the big question for me, yes, these are all great signings. They're really going to help them a lot. Uh, it's some really key positions where, the, you know, you could argue that they – pretty subpar last season, especially on offense at the skill positions. But uh, I still think at the end of the day for what, what I project, you know, looking ahead to what we're going to think about with the Pats as a possible playoff team next year, it has to be based on who they get uh, under center. I don't think they're done, whether it be a trade or someone that they tra- trade up to to draft or whatever it is. I think that's still before I start going, you know, these are nice and they're good signings and they're things that, again, the Patriots for a fan base that doesn't really have for so many years didn't have to worry about being excited about too many free agent signings. They had such a great system and they still do. And I, you know, I still think you trusted what Belichick did for so many years. It's not completely gone, but uh, at the end of the day, I still, before I project about next year, really want to think about who they get under center. And that's still something that that's the one thing out of everything today too, you know, looking over all these signings, we still haven't seen, move. there's still a lot of movement to be had at the most important position. Um, A lot of really important, players still some good really good players left obviously that haven't signed but a lot of great players that have but not a, no quarterback movement yet so it's still a little quiet there yeah that's um that is true and uh, i'm sure we will we will see some of that sooner rather than later uh, as we know <laughs> how things work uh, in free agency very fast and uh, very furious uh, to say the least um all right what about Gronk with the bucks um that's one i don't i don't know that that's really that surprising i mean i know he comes back and the guy what walks onto the field and all of a sudden mm-hmm. he just wins the Super Bowl um, and and now, you know, back for another season. I don't think that's it. I mean, I feel like at this point it's one of those things where I feel like Gronk and Brady are just going to go out at the same time whenever they both decide to, to retire, which I know mm-hmm. there's like an age gap there, but I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's just kind of the way I look at it, I guess, overall, but. Yeah, definitely a decent age gap. I mean, that was one of the crazier stats going into the Super Bowl is that Travis Kelsey is, like, not that much younger than Gronk, um, despite, you know, obviously the, the miles that are on Gronk's legs after all these those years of the poundings, all the playoff runs, 20-plus game season sometimes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously for Tampa, I didn't know if they were going to be – that was something we talked about. I said I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to keep everyone and Gronk as well, but obviously getting Shaq Barrett back today as well um, was worried after they – if they tagged Godwin, how is all going to work out? But I mean, <laughs> again, there's different ways you can manipulate the cap yep. beyond what we see with just the numbers each time. And I, uh, yeah, I'm impressed that they were able to get all these guys. But Gronkowski, I mean, obviously, uh, he scores a couple touchdowns in the Super Bowl, and we think about his plays in the passing game. But he was a really, really important part of their run game. I mean, he's that was one of the big things early on in the season. It was like, you know, when Gronk comes onto the field, is he going to be ready to be? that premier full overall like well-rounded tight end that we are so used to and sure enough if anything maybe the passing game he wasn't at times as sharp you know as his as his prime how could he possibly be it's one of the most dominant primes we've seen from a skill position player tight end or otherwise um but I mean his his run blocking was phenomenal especially throughout the playoffs it looked like he just had a 
an extra boost with everything on the line. And yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> like the the Bucks are going to be scary, man. With I yeah. you think about last year where they. Uh, we talked about the concern was with the abbreviated off season and all the different things that t- the teams weren't allowed to do with COVID. And now they have all that year, a year together. And they're really, for the most part, bring, bringing, bringing the whole band back together. It's going to be, they're going to be good. <laughs> and, uh, obviously Gronk's part of it, but I just, it's, it's more across the board. They just, I mean, I props to them for figuring out how to make it all work. And obviously, I mean, we saw the saints for years and years push out money. So why, why wouldn't Tampa Bay and all these other contenders try to cash in on their windows? Yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Like you said, the, the maneuvering part is always interesting when it comes to the money and everything involved, but um, these teams can usually find a way to make it work, especially when you're mm-hmm. defending uh, Super Bowl champs. All right. What about your guy, Leonard Floyd with the Rams? Oh boy. Four years, 64 million. How, how are you feeling about that deal? Oh man. I, I'd ha- I need to look at the details in terms of how long it, it is. In ter- like, we've seen the Rams give out these kind of contracts where they're able to either trade guys, cut guys, and they'll take on some dead money or they'll, you know, they'll pay up more more money up front uh, than they really have to, and there's less guaranteed years later, that kind of stuff. Uh, they have the, the deep pockets of the owner for the Rams. Stan Kroenke really helped them a, quite a bit here. Um, so those details I'll be interested in. Obviously, I was – I wanted him back in terms of his impact, and you think about they already lose John Johnson. We can talk about him in a sec, but I, that was a little more. I was a little more scared. They're not as deep at pass rusher as they are in the in the defensive backfield with all the great safeties they've been able to draft the last couple of years. As I had, and they're really deep at corner too. So retaining them, you know, for twenty twenty one, it's a great deal. I, I, you know, but again, it's it's the same thing we saw kind of with. It's almost like the, the situation with the Rams, and they had Dante Fowler had a fantastic year, but in that case, they let him go, get that big deal on the open market. Goes to Atlanta is just not the same guy that we see for that that brief window with the Rams. But they must, I mean, they must be confident, you know, in their system with their coaching staff that they're going to still be able to get the best out of him. Uh, you know, he's at 29, he's not the youngest guy, but uh, would have hoped, I guess, for like a two to three year deal. But again, these NFL contracts, the numbers for the years are sometimes a little misleading compared to say NBA or uh, MLB um, just based on how, how teams are able to cut guys. We, I mean, we see all the, all the amazing players that got cut this year just because of all the cap savings they're able to get. So that part of it I'll, I'll consider. Um, and again, the Rams are going all in right now. Uh, I do wonder how they're going to figure out all their cap stuff. Cause they're a team that talk about the saints as being the one that had the most money to, to try to figure out the Rams are not, uh, insanely far back because even if you looked at like a cap sheet it hasn't been you know if it's the the ones that are uh, not the ones projecting the Stafford contract and there's another 10 million I believe that overall through that trade was going to be added to it so it's going to be interesting to see how they figure it out they were already deep down in the hole uh, obviously it's still some work to be done in the next few days but uh, excited to see him back on the field I was worried the Chargers were going to get him obviously really had a, a big connection to Brandon Staley going back to their days together with the Bears uh, uh, but obviously they went a different direction in terms of the Lindsley signing and some of the things that they want to do with their money. But uh, we'll see. It's a, it's a good deal for now well, <laughs> for this for 2021. We'll see about the, the three years after that. That's all right. We'll we'll just let you make the decision for now, and then as it plays <laughs> out, you can always change your mind about whether it was actually a good deal or not. Speaking of, you mentioned John Johnson. He's off to Cleveland with the mm-hmm. Browns' three-year deal, uh, 33.7 $24 million guaranteed. Um, I think that's, you know, for the Browns, I think that was one of the areas we talked about last year in the secondary a bit um, wasn't mm-hmm. the best overall. Yeah. And uh, so that, that addresses a need, uh, at least for a team there, that as we expect, we don't really see the Browns going anywhere 
when it comes to being probably one of the better teams uh, in the AFC potentially next season. Yeah, they really had bad safety play last year. I forget the exact stat is one that I've looked up for a previous podcast in terms of I believe they had the, like, the worst-graded safety duo in the NFL last year, for at least with the guys that were on the field, obviously, with a lot of injuries. So, But, yeah, I mean, John Johnson, in terms of, obviously, I've watched him really closely with the Rams uh, for years, but I, I thought he was going to get more money than that, honestly. I would have – it's not as crazy of an uh, average annual value of just a little over $11 million uh, than I, I would have thought. I, I know uh, some good friends that are Browns fans that are really excited about this. They also, you know, watch the Rams a decent amount and know – what he brings to the field, and I guess just for the Rams, again, they have, they're so deep at safety uh, that uh, it's still going to be a big hit for them, but they have that depth to kind of shield this, whereas the Browns, they, they always were one of the teams. There's a few others out there that obviously could have used John Johnson, but they always made a ton of sense with all the cap space they had and with their, just the need at the position. I mean, he's was the guy that called all the plays in Brandon Staley's defense. I, I think that leadership is still a young guy. He's only 20, uh, 26 now. Uh, I mean, he made an impact from the first game he was in the NFL in 2017 um, on Monday Night Football. I, I don't know if he had a pick. I think he did against the Raiders, though. But, I mean, just from the the, beat, the minute he got on the field for the Rams, he was fantastic, uh, you know, arguably behind guys. You know, you think about the Aaron Donalds and the Jalen Ramseys. But I'd say not far from behind from being the next most valuable behind those two uh, to that defense in terms of what he brought. Um, and uh, for the Browns, yeah, it's, it's a huge get and just – they continue to, to compile, you know, we saw it a little bit in, in 2019 when they didn't live up to expectations, but they were starting to compile depth. And uh, obviously they had don't, had a lot of injuries in the secondary, especially for two years in a row. Uh, but to add Johnson to that, I just, yeah, this team and that division, man, it's a, it's getting scary and uh, good for the Browns though. It's a, it's a perfect signing. I feel like, you know, some other things that have happened since the last time we had the podcast, a guy we talked a lot about was Aaron Jones and, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's back with the Packers now, so he's not going to be heading to uh, the Dolphins as we tried to link him to, and uh, the rumors tried to link him to. Um, yep. He's back. Jamal, Jamal Williams not going to be back. I think he um, posted something where basically he's he's probably not going to be back with the Packers there, but we know that, um, you know, having Aaron Jones back is significant. They give him a four-year mm-hmm. deal, $48 million. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, they didn't use the franchise tag, and they signed him to a long-term deal. And uh, I think that's probably, you know, for, that's great for both parties because, as we said, I mean, for Aaron Jones, there's no guarantee that, you know, you walk away from the Packers and go somewhere else that you're going to maybe have the same type of role, same type of success. And now he gets to come back with a team that, you know, as long as Aaron Rodgers is there, we, we expect them to, to win a lot of games. So, Yeah, I no, I it makes sense for both sides, as you're saying. I, I, good for the Packers to be able to get that done because I just wasn't sure – given what they're looking at, if they're going to go in a different direction. Uh, but I still think, I mean, it gives them a really, we saw as the season went on, and it makes sense for Jamal Williams because A.J. Dillon really uh, maybe had a slow start to the year, but definitely came on late. Uh, so really excited to see what the, both those guys moving forward are able to do. Aaron Jones still, I don't think, you know, I don't have the same concerns as I've had with some, like a, a Todd Gurley, for example. Um, like even when that deal was signed, it kind of felt a little off. I mean, just with his injury history, I don't have the same concerns with Aaron Jones, but it's still, it is those, those big, the big contracts are running back. You're like, is this the best utilization of our resources? Uh, obviously adds a ton of value to the Packers uh, uh, in terms of his, when it was play on the field, obviously a great fantasy player for all of us that uh, take part in that. And yeah, I, I just, I do wonder, like, obviously Lindsley's getting a little bit up there, but man, I, I do wonder, obviously it's not a one-to-one scenario for any of these kind of things um, when, when teams are re-signing guys, 
or, or, or picking up free agents off the market. Uh, but it just felt I, I was I feel like the loss of Lindsley is going to impact the Packers a bit. If they can really plug in guys, that's great. Uh, they had some guys that filled in nicely uh, on tackle, at least in the, the game against the Rams in the playoffs. Um, some of the injuries they had there, but I do. I mean, he's been Lindsley has been so big for them and a huge part of you know just seeing the field. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is on a different level with his IQ and on the field, but Lindsley one of the best centers in the NFL. So, I, I, again, it's not it's not a one-to-one scenario. It's not like they're like, if we re-sign one of these guys, we can't the other. I, I, I don't think that's exactly the case. Uh, but still, I'm having a hard time when I think about the Aaron Jones signing, not thinking about Lindsley going. And just as we've seen, like, yes, he's such a versatile weapon in the passing game, and that does help with Aaron Jones to, to make up for some of that value that maybe you see some of these running backs and you're not feeling so sure about it. Um, it's still though. It's still it's still putting a, a decent number of uh, number of your cap on a at a position where it's just it, 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 not anything against any running backs. I want these guys all to get paid. I'm happy <laughs> Jones gets paid, um, but obviously there's a, there's a lot of talented players that are able to f- usually fill in some of these roles pretty well. Obviously the Packers felt like they could not afford to let him go. Maybe they they see him maybe more on the level, and I, I do see it more like you see the guys like Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara, and it, it is hard to imagine those offenses without them. Uh, so maybe uh, Aaron Jones probably close to that level, really. So uh, maybe, maybe this does end up working out well for the Packers. And we'll see. I mean, they, they're such a great organization of developing guys. I'm sure they, they have, a, a, you know, they're not just letting Lindsley walk without any plan. Like they're going to have someone filling in that they're confident in uh, moving forward to center. Well, one move that I know the Raiders are hoping work out for them. Um, they are going to add Jonathan Gakwe. Uh, Two-year, mm-hmm. $26 million. We talked about kind of the strange year he had last season. Uh, you know, we everything sort of started. Jags, Vikings, Ravens. Um, now he's with mm-hmm. the Raiders. I mean, I guess, what do, you, what do you think of this one? Because, I mean, I think, you know, the Raiders' defense is something we've talked about in, in recent years. And, um, I mean, look, this very talented player who just kind of, like we said, sort of swapped teams a bit uh, last season and now winds up with uh, John Gruden in Las Vegas. And it makes a lot of sense they're investing on defense because of how disastrous it's been. I don't know if Yannick and Gak, like, it, I I think we kind of talked about this in terms of I was hoping he'd go to a team that, I mean, it didn't really work out, I guess, in Baltimore with a winning kind of culture. So maybe maybe having needing to, you know, maybe a little less pressure in terms of, even though with this contract, I don't think they're expecting him to be, like, the best player on the field for that defense even. Uh, but it's maybe a bit more than I would have done. It's just, it does it always kind of that potential. We like see the flashes with him where I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a Raiders signing. Maybe that's a good way to put it. It feels like the kind of deal that I'm really not surprised that they would do in terms of giving more money. Maybe the Cowboys kind of are a team that in the past would do these kind of flashier signings with uh, price value, you know, price ranges that are a little bit above what I would think maybe the guys are worth. But you, you do as uh, the kind of the, the adage is that you, you, in the draft, you're not trying to draft for need. You're, you're drafting the best player available. In the free agency, you draft for your needs. They had an awful pass rush. So, I mean, it makes sense there. At least it's uh, fitting a need. And hopefully for Ngakwe, maybe in that organization, maybe with John Gruden and those guys, he'll actually, you know, have, you know, step up to the plate and, kind of fulfill the, the potential that so many – there's obviously the Raiders see, and I'm sure a lot of other teams did that tried to sign him as well. Well, one deal that uh, just came in um, as we're recording, Carlos Hyde, who we know has kind of been a bit of a journeyman at running back, um, several stops. Uh, he's headed to the Jags. So 
Um, the Jags will add him, and they've also uh, added Philip Dorsett, wide receiver uh, from the Patriots. So Urban Meyer, a few new offensive weapons to work with, although I think uh, the big one will probably come via the NFL draft. Um, <laughs> could be wrong, but I think that's probably going to be the case. Um, what else? What, what else has kind of stood out? I, I think one of the things that people brought up, you know, we go back to the Titans. Johnny Smith goes to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. They, the Titans also letting Corey Davis walk. So those are two guys that played a significant role in their offense, even though A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry were kind of the focal points. But um, those two guys offensively, you know, Corey Davis kind of had that season I think we were waiting on him to have, really. Everybody kept saying, you know, when's he going to have this breakout year? This guy is what? He was only, I think, three, mm-hmm. four years removed from being the, the fifth pick in the draft. Um, and so yeah. they're letting him walk. But that kind of looks at sort of these the rest of the wide receivers that are still out there. Um, there's there's quite a few that, that are still out there mm-hmm. waiting. We know we've talked about Kenny Galladay and um, a lot of others that, that are kind of sitting there still not sure what direction they go. I don't know if the Titans turn to maybe someone, you know, like Marvin Jones, Will Fuller, guys like that potentially. Mm-hmm. That seems to, you know, I think you could do worse, but uh, the Titans are an interesting yeah. spot after letting, you know, two guys like that. And like I said, there, there's still a lot of wide receivers out there, so. Yeah, it's still it's still developing. Maybe given everything, that's part of why it's developing a little slower uh, than past agencies. Because yeah, like you're saying, there's a lot of great skill position players still available. That I think maybe part of it for the receivers is because we have a, yet another really deep draft class coming up. But I still feel like some of these guys are going to end up going to, on deals that are end up being a little bit of bargains depending on the on the setup. Uh, obviously, even even with Galladay, I think the the, the the value per year that um, Ian Rappaport projected was like 13 or 14 million, which is lower than I would have anticipated uh, for someone with his abilities. So maybe, maybe it's just that maybe it's a little more of a saturation, not just in frequency, but the draft of all those talented guys that that's a, that's part of it. Um, in terms of the Titans overall, yeah, it feels like they're losing. I mean, even other guys that yeah. are just not going to bring back that. I mean, they had a lot of veterans on defense um, too. That it just didn't really make sense to keep resigning some of these guys. Malcolm Butler comes to mind. Uh, I think there's a few others, but it, just in general, there was like a list I saw earlier of all the guys that they're going to lose in free agency and likely not to resign. It's like, man, they're really going to look. Obviously, the the most important positions are still have the uh, the, the same guys, but they're going to look a bit different. Still a team that obviously. Uh, has a lot of talent and maybe maybe a little top end talent, but they still I wonder the depth on defense has been the concern out of the offensive line, not as dominant even even with Derrick Henry being a fantastic yet again. Uh, I I just wonder with them given this you know still a long time to see what happens with Jacksonville um, and but that division I, I feel like the Colts we'll see what happens. It's a weird division. There's a lot of uncertainty for me for and it's, it's obviously it's our favorite division on this podcast, um, but it, it's really going to be very AFC Southie next year. I feel like it's going to be <laughs> like, we're going to have some team, like it seems it could go in a lot of different directions. Uh, obviously Houston's not even making as many headlines. Now it's gotten a little quiet there, but even the signings, they, they get like Christian Kirksey and you're like, kind of like, okay, like what? Yeah, Mark, Ingram. Mark, Mark Ingram. Yeah. And it's like, what's going on here? And then the Jags, like obviously they have all this money, but they're kind of like you see, those guys, uh, Carlos Hyde and, uh, the kind of, kind of modest signings, nothing that's like crazy. Given the amount of money they had, I did think. I mean, there's still some really good players that haven't signed yet, but I, I thought they maybe would have gone after one of these, uh, the two uh, two great offensive linemen, uh, Joe Tooney, going to the Chiefs on that huge deal, um, and Zeitler to the Ravens. Like those are the kind of guys that I thought maybe one of those they'd really try to get to have like a premier offensive lineman on this fringe market with all the money they have. We'll see their plan. I, I, I just obviously. <laughs> 
Uh, I guess they, maybe it's there's still a lot of guys available, but I kind of thought maybe they're a team that I thought would be more aggressive early on, and maybe they'll do a little more on the trade market and really feel confident what they're going to get in the draft. But I still feel like they had an opportunity here with some of these guys that have signed that maybe the Jags could have gotten. Uh, but, yeah, it's – man, that division. I have no – like, jeez. <laughs> like, if, if I felt better about the Colts under center, yeah. like if I felt really confident in who they had, it would be a different story. But right now – I mean, I don't think that it, obviously, I mean, it still has to be between the Colts and Titans for who's going to win that division, I guess, at this point. I don't know how quickly we expect the Jacks to send so a lot of work to do, but yeah. man, it's a it's an interesting division as always. It's never not easy. Or it's never not interesting, I think, in the uh, in the AFC South, like you said, and they're, the Texans are still standing strong with Deshaun Watson, so they are either completely delusional or they truly think this is going to work out. Um, I, I'll let you guess which of the two I'm leaning towards. So, um, yeah, so, so we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens with the Texans. Uh, you know, the other thing we really didn't talk about, which this happened uh, a couple of days ago, but uh, Drew Brees announcing his retirement. Um, you know, I, I think we, we expected that. I don't think that was anything that was out of the ordinary. We, mm-hmm. we pretty much knew that was coming. Um, we kind of talked about that a little bit before, but, I mean, what a what a career this guy had. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. You look at everything that he was able to accomplish. I know people are going to look back and, and wonder, you know, if there were certainly some opportunities there to have more chances, mm-hmm. you know, at a Super Bowl, uh, another Super Bowl, you know, multiple. Uh, I think that's probably yeah. one thing we'll talk about with him because we just said it so many times, you know, those Saints teams, it felt like we're always set up in really good positions and they lose some of those games in the playoffs. But, I mean, overall, from an individual standpoint, you know, one of the best to, to play at that position. And, um, yeah, not surprising. Now it's just interesting to see, you know, kind of what the Saints do here moving forward because that probably changes some things in terms of uh, their offense. But we know, I mean, Sean Payton, uh, an offensive mm-hmm. genius, I think he'll probably he'll figure some things out. I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. He'll he'll get creative. He's going to have a lot of fun with this. Uh, I mean, they were – the only thing, as it kind of – time went on after the end of the season maybe it, it, you did feel like is he really going to possibly come back like I thought he was for yeah. sure going to retire after they lost in the playoffs or even before the postseason started all the reports indicated that but then you started reading about how last year <laughs> the Saints thought he was done and then he waited it out and ended up coming back and kind of surprised them um, so I mean obviously a, a fantastic career that uh, you know fun watching him some of those early years with the Chargers too. And then obviously with New Orleans where he just became one of the best QBs in NFL history, you know, uh, he doesn't have the Super Bowls, uh, but obviously there's a lot of guys that didn't even win one, obviously. Um, so I I think the window just didn't really fit like with the time, like they kind of, when they figured it out on defense and they have for the last few years, they've had a fantastic, one of the most well-rounded teams in the entire NFL. It just felt like that happened too late. Like, Drew Brees, think about how dominant he was with and with some of the passing numbers he put up. Obviously, it was a lot of times where they're losing games, but he was just on a different level for a few years there in the you know 2000 you know the years after the Super Bowl. Like they 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 had a little bit of a down spell, but the defense really just fell off, and they're still a fantastic offense. He was fantastic, and by the time they figured it all out and built up this amazing juggernaut of a of a roster, his own abilities kind of started to go down. Maybe 2017 was one of their better chances. I mean, obviously 2018, they should have made the Super Bowl if it wasn't for the missed PI call against the Rams. But, um, I mean, even then, I, that year, was he had that game in, like, November against the Cowboys where he took a big hit and he just could not throw down the field again. And he never kind of was the same as the last few years despite the amazing talent around him. It started going the opposite way, and it just, it just didn't align. So uh, now moving forward, uh, yeah, they restructured that deal that, 
if they keep kicking the can down the road um, with the, the Taysom Hill contract, that's going to pay him for a long time. And we'll see otherwise what they're going to do. I don't know how they can really rely on a, a QB prospect falling far enough in the draft for them to, to try to trade up even to get someone. Um, uh, we'll see. It feels like it makes sense for with Jameis just to, to see how he can yeah. do it. Still think, I mean, for if you're not a Saints fan, it's probably the more fun thing to think about and see him try to resurrect his career for a Buccaneers rival right after they won the Super Bowl. Like for the the theater of it, that could be fun. Um, but I, I just uh, even with the Taysom Hill deal, very interesting. I just don't know, man, if I could really think about him. Yeah, there's all the fun stuff that he does with Sean Payton, but uh, it's it's. I mean, it's it's not easy to just replace a franchise legend. So we'll see what they do. Um, but the draft just it just doesn't. I don't know if this is the year where it's going to work out. The Saints might have to. I don't, I don't know how quickly. And it's it's tough because they have a lot of really good players. Uh, but they might have to take a second <laughs> before they figure it out under center. Um, but maybe let Jameis kind of be the bridge quarterback. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do. Like you said, you don't. I mean, they're not just going to expect the Saints to fall off. Their roster is built too well, but. Um, could be interesting to see kind of what uh, next season looks like with the mm-hmm. transition there at quarterback. Uh, anything else before we wrap up? As we said, there's still a lot of good players out there. And, and as we know, I mean, we, we say this all the time, but, like, this this is, like, just every minute. Like, there are new signings. Like, this is just fast and furious, as I said earlier. That's just kind of how it works. And mm-hmm. um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, on our next podcast, uh, whether some of those guys we mentioned, Kenny Galladay, Guys like that um, are still out there, still in those positions, and uh, again, rather whether Russell Wilson is a Chicago Bear. So. Yeah, those are. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think the more interesting things. Yes, there's a lot of really good freedoms like Galladay, obviously near the top of that list for for guys that we're trying to, to find homes for. Uh, Trent Williams still uh, figuring out where he ends up. Hunter Henry's another big one. So there's there's still. A, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of you know going down the list of guys. There's still a good number of really. Uh, impactful players that haven't signed or agreed to deals at least uh, more so. I mean, yeah, I feel like at least in past years, it felt like the first day we really got uh, quite a few more, and maybe I'm wrong, but maybe by the time this podcast comes out, like five of those guys will have signed. So we'll we'll see. Uh, I, I guess one takeaway is just the, the price range of some of these. They're, it's a bit higher. Again, I thought maybe they'd be a little bit suppressed, but maybe it's more the middle class of players that's going to end up kind of screwed over by this. Um, more so than these top end guys that, um, only, like again, really only the John Johnson deal like stuck out to me as like being a little bit under what I thought he could get. Even like maybe a Levante Davids, uh, his resign his contract maybe could have gotten a bit more if he really wanted to try to to test the waters elsewhere. But other than that, the, yeah, these deals are <laughs> just as high as we're used to. Um, but I, yeah, maybe it's the middle class of players that, not the top 40, not not the top 30 free agents, but the guys after that, maybe they're the ones that are going to end up with deals that are closer to minimums contracts that we just wouldn't expect for players of their caliber. Yep, and we'll see uh, what happens there. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, like we said, some of these moves and, how many more moves the Patriots make at this point? My goodness. Um, so the Patriots racking up. Uh, but one thing we do know is they're not going to have Tom Brady. They're not going to have Gronk. We can guarantee that because uh, they, they have already been signed with the Bucks. So uh, there you have it. Uh, we'll be back uh, with another episode uh, here this week with uh, more thoughts on all the chaos and free agency. But Dylan, for now, if everybody wants to keep up with everything, they can find it over at Clutch Points. Lots of great stuff going on over there. 
you know, we have all of our uh, free agency coverage in the Clutch Points app in the NFL section or clutchpoints.com. Uh, click on NFL there. Yeah, tons of reactions to all these signings. Obviously, all the every time a new signing's covered, we got that covered, but also breakdowns of what it means for all these teams. Obviously, a lot of guys that are still in the market, we have content about the best landing spots for those. So you can go to Clutch Points in the app or on the website for that. For You can follow NBA games in our app as well as in MLB Spring Training. Uh, we do not have NCAA basketball, unfortunately, but we do have. We're going to have a bit more coverage than we usually do. I know we're going to do a lot of betting preview um, uh, for some of the NCAA tournament games, and we'll have more coverage news-wise of that. So you can follow that along on ClutchPoints.com as well. There's an NCAA uh, men's basketball button there. It should be a, a fun week. I know. Yeah, you uh, you're the college basketball expert. You don't really talk about it much here, but. I know you've been working hard, and hope it should be a fun tournament, though. Go Gauchos. Yep, go Gauchos. So there you go. If you want your, your on your NFL podcast, if you want your 12-5 uh, <laughs> upset special, you um, see Santa Barbara, the Gauchos over Creighton. Uh, there you go. But uh, you don't you don't sign up for that. But guess what? We give it to you for free, anyways, uh, here on Stafford's Fast Podcast. But yeah, check everything out over Clutch Points. Uh, lots of great stuff going on over there. And as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, you can find us there. Uh, thanks, as always, to the five folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time here on the Savage Fast Podcast.